Happy holidays, everybody. I'm Anthony Frieda. Welcome back to Bidna Biz. All right, this is part two with Joe Fee. There's a lot more uh, live performance in this one, a lot more joking around. It was a really awesome uh, hang and conversation with him. And uh, yeah, please, please click all the links below. Go check out Joe's music. And lastly, everybody, please have a safe end of this year and have a wonderful holiday if you can. Try to make it as wonderful as you can. Um, and yeah, chin up. 2021s. it's going to be a new year. I'll still be doing this. Reach out to me if you have any any uh, requests or whatever. Either way, I hope everybody has a peaceful uh, holiday. So enjoy the rest of this episode with Joe Fee. And we're back. All right. We're going to do some playing because that's what's... Uh, special about this show got some live performance this is going to be improvised and uh which is something we do best i think at least um we're going to make a left on center <laughs> and a right on seymour <laughs> and hopefully that'll bring us to electric avenue <laughs> we should call this one who ordered the rain <laughs> <laughs> but uh we'd like to remind everyone that you don't hang out at electric avenue <laughs> You don't stop in. You don't visit friends. Yeah. What is it? You uh, you can only rock down. Well, once you're on Electric Avenue, you have to take it higher. You got to take it higher. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh. that sums up civilization better than anything. All right. Uh, let me get myself together here. Yeah, I was kind of feeling this.
was that thing? <laughs> you want to see it? I've never seen that before. This thing's cool. I found this like a decade ago in a store. <laughs> wow. It's just fucking trippy-ass little instrument there. Oh, that's so funny. That's amazing. And you could like... It has a like a, a little drum head on top. Yeah, so you can flip it and it makes it even a different sound. Wow, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You can even like. I love the Peking Opera Gong on the tom. Oh, there you go. And I, but I put it on. I put it on the snare, and I get like. Oh, an extra I see. Bubble. That's what that was. I saw that before. I saw that before. I didn't know what the hell was on there. You get like an extra little. Oh, okay. If you could hit it right. What kind of snare drum do you have there? So this is a Steve Jordan snare, oh. Yamaha Steve Jordan, oh, 13 yeah, by good. 6 or something like that. Great sounding drum. Yeah, it's great because it's, it's smaller, but then it's a little uh, thicker. Yeah, uh, it's got yeah. punch. It, you know, it's got a nice, that nice pop, crack, whatever people say. Yeah. That was a cool jam, man. I got, we got out. I like that. Yeah, I've been trying to like... Um, I've been I've been feeling this like five groove lately. This kind of like um, I'm working on some some new music and I'm I'm trying to feel this kind of groove the um, where it's like um, you know the second the second one is is uh, stressed or, or longer so you have like a And you can play around with that. I mean, you could have like, you could have like, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. But then you could flip it. I mean, the lo the long one could then become the thing that you're feeling. You know what okay. I mean? And then you can kind. And then I've been working with. So you have like a. And then and then you could have like a. I guess I guess if we play it faster, if you have like this kind of thing, um, and then if you reverse it, you flip it, you make the long one the first beat or whatever you want to think of, then you could have like a. But it's kind of funny because like as I'm trying to explain it to you, it's like just one of those things that like talking about like the singing. I'm just like, I'm just not, I mean, not that, I mean, I know it's what it is obviously, but it's just kind of just like not thinking of it so much yeah, yeah. In, in that way, you know, which I guess like, it's like if you're reading music, you're kind of like analyzing it in a certain way differently. It's not bad or, or worse, but it's like. Uh, you know, neither one is better, but it's like it's just a different feel. Because the nice thing is that you almost get this like big quarter note happening if you if you're doing yes. like a, you know, uh, was it? All of a sudden that turns into 
two, three, four, five, six. And I mean, once you have that pulse uh, steady, it could go anywhere, you know, because you have just like a steady pulse. It could turn into a six. And so uh, I've been I've been messing around with that because this new piece I have uh, I have like like a large like Zanakis setup of like concert bass drum and like bongos and toms and things, and I'm trying to think of like this like you're referencing like that piece Raybones. Yeah, 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 like a Raybones setup. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm trying to get this form happening where those drums are playing like huge cycles. Okay, that are even spanning like four or five minutes or something. Okay. And just playing like these huge like gravitational cycles that are happening. Okay. And then like wood blocks and, and like smaller percussion instruments and like string instruments and different things are kind of like playing these things, you know, these kind of patterns like in the five, you know. And sometimes I'll change it a little bit too. Like you'll do like a five and then I'll add like a couple other measures or something. So you're doing like a five. And they're just kind of doing that. And then eventually, I'm trying to mathematically work it out so that, you know, you have these inner things happening and then you have the larger ones and they start kind of like swimming in and out of each other. So oh, like you're okay. in like a five groove and then all of a sudden you're just kind of in here yeah. and this note is taking over and now you're in the large beat. Oh, okay. And you're in a four or whatever yeah. you want to do or you're in like, uh, or it could become a six. One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to like cycle in and out of some of these patterns so that like throughout the piece I'm writing it's uh, I'm planning like a long piece maybe like 40 minutes or something like this okay. for music and dance that I've been working on since last year and um, and the idea is that there's just like these different levels you know what I mean mm-hmm. and these levels are kind of like interweaving in and out of each other and uh, sometimes there's even sections where uh, it's very free and they're weaving in and out of each other and seemingly not paying any attention to each other okay and then sometimes they lock up and sometimes they don't and i I actually interestingly enough i started getting into that idea by reading about uh cave paintings (laughs) which i remember texting you about you do (laughs) you did do that (laughs) i remember that yeah it was like back in the spring i was reading about cave paintings yeah which um is really interesting for anyone that uh, reads about it or knows about like the European cave paintings from like 30,000 years ago or whatever at, mm-hmm. um, you know, the different caves in France and Spain and things like that. And uh, there was a couple like instances I found where like they would have like animals, you know, the cave paintings are animals and you would have like a herd of animals and then there would be like another uh, animal like superimposed on top of it. Okay. And then I was reading certain books where people were saying, oh, well, you know, it just happened that way because there was one painting and then some other guy came like a thousand years ago and then put another oh, painting on top and like sure. they're just mingling, you sure. know. But then like the more people started to look at it, uh, I've read some books by, by certain people that say that it was like done on purpose because they start seeing like certain patterns in the different caves where it's like happening, same pattern, like same wow. idea. And there's this one guy um, who's doing some work in France now, I'm blanking out on his name, but um, his whole thing was the reason they were doing that is because they were trying to create movement and different like levels of like perception, you know, because because they didn't, they hadn't mastered Renaissance perspective yet. 
<laughs> are, you talking, are, you, are you talking about like abstract stuff? Are you talking about like things behind things? Yeah, yeah, and okay. like you know things that are like different sizes happening, you know, in superimposed behind other things, and like obviously there are moments where it does look like it's just like chaotic and maybe like uh, you know different people just drew different things at different times, but there there are certain paintings that are really cool because like they kind of look like they're planned out and I, I could be completely wrong about that uh and i'm definitely not a cave painting <laughs> egg expert but it got me thinking like you know maybe you could have like these different levels sure. of the music you know and it's like they're superimposed on each other and they create like a different uh movement so do you think that I have a demo of it too, of like some of like an experiment that I've been trying. I mean, we can play it. It's kind sure. of like in the initial stages. Is it on YouTube? Is it on your phone? It's on my phone. Well, if you plug it in right here, it should be able. We to We could play. plug it in, and if it sounds bad, you could edit it out. Sure. <laughs> now, would it be a thing of a certain voice might be playing in a certain um, time? Let's say somebody's in five, somebody's in four, oh, yeah, somebody's playing cool. seven. Oh, is it one of those yeah. things, uh, those situations? I could. Uh, can you beam? Can you beam me the file? Something. Can you like send me the file? I'll text Maybe? you. I could text it to you. Maybe. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. But what yeah, we... I, I hesitate to uh, to maybe show it because it's kind of like a demo form. But sure. it's uh, I'd be curious what what you hear about it. I mean, it's 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 it it's initial stage kind of thing, you know. But uh, something I'm working on, maybe people could uh, enjoy it. Would it be a thing, though, of like, let's say, dynamically, one of the voices is playing louder? And it's almost like, listen to this part now, and then it might be playing in a a particular type of time, a rhythm, that might be different from the others, and that's showcasing that angle or, or, or... Well, I, I, I kind of be, I'd curious to hear what you think of it okay there's one section in here I'll, i could find yeah, it i just texted it to you gotcha I mean, you know keep in mind i'm just inspired by this idea i'm not sure
Wow. You know what I like is, um, I don't know, this is my only perspective interpretation based on what you've told me about, um, I mean, this is like, this is tribal era. This is like cave paintings, right? Like, this is the surviving human, like possibly human that's still in the food chain, human, right? Like, sort of. And it sounds like music. It sounds like music that you can't, like, relax. It's not meaning. It's like, it's it's like looking at a movie, right? It's like watching that movie, The Revenant, where he's just. Oh, like, I never saw that. He's just trying to survive in this brutal <laughs> wilderness. Gets attacked by a bear. It's it's like you're taking in this experience that probably something like that happened in human history, and your music sounds like that time where there's there's like ex, there's a little bit of this like experimentation of sound, but there's also this randomness of which might be the wild. And uh, I, like, I like it a lot because no matter what, it's, committal, it's committing to character. Like every note that's played, every note that for listeners, there were these like, sounds like feedback, right? Like when a microphone. Yeah, there's, there's like that's a... that's Critali. Oh, yeah. Well, that's you know what, yeah. Critali, <laughs> like these little discs. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite discs. instruments. They're beautiful instruments. And so there's parts where... Joe is playing those Kritali, but he's also taking a bow and he's like rubbing the the side of it, like like bowing it all the way down and creating this like uh, very cool, I guess, what would be a frequency or something? Yeah, it just sounds very like cool. ringing frequencies, I guess. Uh, it, it's a really beautiful instrument. Yeah. They're really high pitched when, when you do that with the bow. So uh, you definitely have to be careful with yeah. the higher ones, you know. Um, and then there were like two at the same time was creating sort of this harmonic or something. Yeah, or... you get that like minor second. You know, the 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 notes there uh, are the uh, the the overtone series of a G. Uh, but yeah, it's you know I'm trying to find ways. You know, that's like a sketch that I was working on um, sure. in the spring, and I was trying to find ways of like you know you you just have these different like planes happening you have just like a totally free crotale that's going and then you have like like the inner six ding but ding 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 don ding 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 on the metallic percussion ding and then you just have like these you know however you want to call it these like large scale patterns and um what I want to have happen over a longer period of time, and I have some other instruments like string instruments and mm -hmm. I have a flute. What, what I have to do is I have to find a way so that all these kinds of pieces of information are like cycling through each other. Okay. So that as you hear the piece over a certain amount of time, you start to associate certain rhythms and certain patterns and certain intervals because they keep recurring and they keep kind of flowing in and out of each other. Uh, and so the idea is not to make something like completely free. I mean, I know that was like mm -hmm. a free section, but it's not like complete avant-garde without pulse or anything. Um, but there's moments where you do get everything at the same time and it sounds very free. And then there's moments where you get grooves and they're all based on the same patterns. The, the pattern that the larger drums are playing in that particular little demo there is actually the groove that the smaller drums play later on. Oh, cool. But they're just playing it so slow, it takes like four minutes oh, to play it. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay, so that's like, uh, that's like uh, those co compositions where, like, the, all right, I'm going to reference a movie, Inception. They, like, took a, you know. Yeah, I love that movie. 
great movie. They took a like a German piece of music, bomb, bomb, bomb. Had that type of thing, but they just slowed it down. Oh, really? So it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So for, for what you're saying, it's like there is a sped up rhythm, but you just played it maybe uh, half. Speed? I don't is even that, know. I mean the the rhythm, the rhythm that the drums are playing, is is this five rhythm. The groove, but they're just playing. You okay. know, it's so slow that it's just but doom doom. Oh, that slow. Okay. Now, gotcha. I, you know, the idea. You know, I don't think. It may, you know, I don't know. Maybe everyone would know what that is, but the idea is that to play the material, uh, re- repeating enough, mm-hmm. that certain like key patterns start to become lodged in the person's mind and you start to reference what's happening okay uh and it's it's related to different scenes uh, of dancing that i have that are kind of uh not narrative scenes but there's like a little bit of a plot so like the visuals are going with um <clears throat> with the music and uh you know it's hard it's hard to mathematically get it all in sync mm-hmm. because um you know, like I said, there you know, there's a lot of information there, and sometimes it sounds very abstract. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I want to have it like really like lock in mm-hmm. and all, everything together and moving. And what I want to have happen too is like if the larger drums are playing really slow or really loud notes, I want that to sort of like affect what's happening in the other instruments, like okay. a ripple. Okay. It's almost like if you were whatever you're like walking and like you hit a black hole or something, it would like warp you for a second. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, if you have a pattern happening and then you hear, like, a really low concert bass drum, I want to find some way where that, like, warps the the shit that's happening. So everything is just constantly, wow. like, spinning around each other. Wow. Do you... Now, would this be performed with multiple, you know, uh, instrumentalists? Would this be recorded the same way as, you know... This is a piece that uh, I ultimately see as live music cool. and dancing and uh and so i'm working on it now i've been working on it uh and also talking to a couple people recently about trying to get that off the ground and one of the things i'm doing to get that off the ground especially with this virus situation mm. is i decided to write all the music and then make like a 10 minute suite of all the key parts okay and then make like a like a short film of it oh cool and then what I'm going to do is take that film, and that film can uh, be enjoyed on its own as like sure. a music video film or sure. dance film, whatever it is. And uh, and then it could also like promote the idea. And if anyone's interested, then, then uh, we can do it. This one would be great to do with live music because mm. it's like you say, it's so primal. Yeah, man. It's great to really. I mean, there's nothing like hearing someone beat the shit out of a concert bass. <laughs> there's dude. There's something you, about man. It sounds so good. You know, it feels good. There's something about that new classical music where it's that there's a commit there's a commitment to the character of, of the piece it's it this and you see it in the performer and it doesn't matter what they're playing it you're sold you're you're you don't you know what sometimes looking back you know like there was this piece years ago man this guy around this set set of drums and bells and shit but he was there's like this vocal thing going on and he was speaking in german or something and 
doing these. It was a trippy piece, but his commitment to the performance. I think I know that composer that you're talking about, and What's I can't of think piece? of the name. I know if somebody said the name, I would know it. I think. Oh man! Is it Abergis? George uh, Abergis or something? He has like these hand drum pieces where you like vocalize a lot of sounds Mike, and things. Mike Deering, um, per- another percussionist buddy of ours, yeah, performed something like that. Yeah, on his recital. And and he did it, yeah he did it with like some sort of like maybe doombeck yeah and there was vocal and but even now even Mike um like I've seen the piece that he did and I, what I like about it is every person that does it has their 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 own person they have their own voice they have you know the way they pronunciate things and the way he did it was different than I the the last person I saw do it either way the commitment to it was intoxicating yeah I think you know? I think with that stuff you can't. You can't fake, you can't fake that. You can't. So it's yeah. like you have to find your way that you're comfortable doing it, yeah. and then commit to it. You know, I yeah. think it's like it's kind of like you know a couple of those pieces that have like singing, like George Crumb or something, where you have to vocalize. Sure. Or, you know the pieces you're talking about. It's hard. I used to be real shy about doing that stuff, and oh, you, uh, you told me a story one time. <laughs> But you got to commit, like you said. <laughs> you told me a story one time. Uh, oh. You were performing at, I think it was at Queens or something. And you guys had to do the percussion ensemble. It was Mike's d- direction, percussion ensemble. You were doing a piece. and <laughs> You had to like go in the audience or something. Do you remember this story oh, you were telling me? I, and part I, of your piece was folk, some sort of vocalized thing and I think it sounded like the way you said it. Other uh, 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 musicians in the piece were like, like maybe even like looking at people in in the crowd or something. Yeah, yeah. And vocalizing and looking them in the eye, and <laughs> <laughs> and you were <laughs> apparently you were you were saying something that even Mike afterwards was like, uh, like you know how Mike goes, Joe. That was that was really cool, but you're fucking weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I don't remember. That could have been any. The funny thing is that could have been any number of performances or pieces <laughs> but you committed so much you know and yeah you're telling me this oh i don't even remember yeah, eat you your know, vegetables was that what it was like, oh you better god your... damn it could could have been anything man <laughs> who knows but that's the shit i love man because there's it's like andy kaufman stuff you know you don't know you don't know what to think <laughs> but it's so real and that's what's great about performance like these types of performances yeah i always uh I, I always uh, wonder about that, like, you know, those pieces where people come out in the audience and, like, start, start screaming at you or something. <laughs> you know, and you're like, Jesus Christ, man, I just paid, like, $40 to see you screaming at me. <laughs> I just sat in traffic. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, like, trying to support you. <laughs> you come out and you start screaming at me. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man. Can we can we riff on some funny shit that, like, you've told me, like... There was this one time you told me this. You were playing at some bar, and you were playing a piece. <laughs> you, you had a guitar, and the guy doing your sound, you were playing, sound checking, and the guy, the sound guy goes, hey, man, you want to tune that? Oh, yeah, I know that. I know the exact show because it was the only show <laughs> our, our band played. <laughs> well, that's... Oh, man, the guy, the sound guy goes, you want to tune that? And you go, you looked at him straight up, you went, 
It is in tune. Well, I can't take credit for that. I have to tell you that that's a friend of mine named Brian. Okay, uh, Brian Scholes. If uh, if anyone knows him, uh, if he's out there, um, but uh, he had a whole theory, and like you know, listen, man, I think he's one of the best guitar players I've ever heard, and I'm not bullshitting you on yeah. this. But he never tuned the guitar ever. Really? And it wasn't like some like academic, philosophical, microtonal thing he was sure. after. He would just take the guitar and however it was. And he would adjust. I don't even think he knew the tuning the right way. But he would adjust where his fingers were placed. He would just play anything that he wanted. He would In tune? No, I, or no? No, it would be weird. It would, it would be like sound... Sid Barrett psychedelic craziness. Oh. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but it was unbelievable. And yeah, he didn't really care. And uh, I remember one time he asked me, like, you know, listen, man, like, do you think I should learn how to tune the guitar or like learn any scales? And I said, yeah. absolutely not. It'll fuck you up, man. Whoa. It'll totally fuck you up because he won't play the same if you know the scales or if you know the tuning. <laughs> and he's the only person in the world that I probably would ever say that to because usually sure. I would tell people, you know, you should learn how to tune. Yes, yeah. <laughs> tune the guitar. <laughs> But whatever you're doing, don't touch it. That is that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, but he was just one of the, I think he's one of these geniuses where he just <laughs> knew I it would fuck him up. It's almost sure. like uh if I don't know, whatever, man. If you were like uh some painter that did some great abstract thing sure. and then somehow if if you learn the real perspective, it would fuck you up. And I feel like it would mess him up if he knew. So I told him I was like, just keep it the way you're going. And so me and him and my friend Mike who played bass in Scarecrow too, and I knew him for a while, and we played, and yeah, man, he pulled out that guitar and just whang craziness, and the guy was like, "You want to tune that?" He's like, "Yeah, no, we're ready to go, man." I don't know if it was the same. I think it was in the same conversation you told me also, like you were playing, and there were people at the bar, you know, and and one guy came up to you afterwards, <laughs> and he said to you, he looked at you pissed off, and he goes. You have made a complete mockery of music, <laughs> and then and then your response was it probably was the same night. Your response was, "Thanks, man." I remember it. I remember that guy. You you were genuine, like thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember what I said. I but uh, I yeah, I re I remember that guy, and I think it was that show. Yeah, because uh, not only were we playing that kind of music, you know, we were going out there. But we were opening up for a Led Zeppelin uh, cover band. <laughs> so, so everybody that was in the audience, you know, was at the, it was a bar and whatever. But I mean, listen, man, the guy booked us and uh, I didn't lie. I said, listen, we're going to show up and we're, we're just going to do whatever we, whatever happens. You know, I think I had like a gong and a floor tom and uh, I don't know, a fucking Chinese symbol or something. And he he was playing the electric guitar, and then there was sure. like a, a balalaika. I think Mike was playing balalaika for some god-awful <laughs> reason. <laughs> oh, that's but that, Yeah, that was a great that's show, great. man. That was... Uh, it probably was a complete mockery. <laughs> but I tell you the truth, I... You know, we weren't doing it as a joke. We really were playing, and I thought I thought it was pretty cool. I thought there were some good moments. Well, that's that's the that's the <laughs> thing, though. Like, like you, that's that side, that angle, that's that that's that perspective of of music, creating music, that you and your, you know, the members of your group understood, and you were out in public, like at a public place, 
probably in the wrong setting, <laughs> you know. But your com- your commitment, though. Yeah, we were committed to it. I mean, you we know? did a forty minute set. <laughs> I have to pat myself on the back for that. Oh my god! About it's thirty great. seconds in, the re- the audience was ready, but we we did the forty <laughs> minute set. <laughs> I I love it, dude. I love that man. That's so funny, dude. Uh, totally forgot about that. You told you just me said that. so many funny, like yeah. so many funny stories, like that. Uh, but the one, the one before I was talking about, it, I think you, you were telling, you were just saying, you're screaming at this one person in the audience, going, "You better eat your vegetables." <laughs> but again, it was part of the piece, whatever. Yeah. The, and there was a commitment to like whatever the role was, of, and and it's it's cool how like you gave a believable performance, but also there's a comic comical side to it yeah you know what i mean i like that there's you know that's that's some of the questions i have like i mean sometimes when people are doing that stuff i wonder like if you know what is there comedy involved sure it's hard to tell sometimes and i I don't mean that in a bad way but sometimes you're kind of like fuck is this guy fucking with me like but here's my thing is i remember are they totally serious i remember (laughs) watching the guy that i mentioned before he was doing things like like, (laughs) you know what i'm saying like he was and he would go like this he would go like he'd play a thing and he would go and he would like look to the he would like look to the side to see did i hear something and he yeah, was in yeah. character, and then he would go, yeah. you know, and they were, including myself, there were people laughing their asses off, right, in the crowd, and there was a moment where he, like, <laughs> annoyingly looked at them like, shouldn't be laughing. And I'm oh, thinking, really? I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. like, like, dude, like, we love what you're doing. Like, you're getting a reaction. Like, you, you can't expect... To have the, you can't expect people to react one way to that. Like, if people are laughing at what you're doing, I still think that's a positive. Like, I mean, it sucks, but I, I think, I, I think if you're going, if you're doing certain pieces or certain styles of music, I think you have to accept. Yeah. The outcome might be something like that. Yeah. That or not like that, but it, the outcome might be uh, unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to just accept it and go with it. I remember sitting there during the performance even and watching his hands play these <laughs> patterns and going, this motherfucker is disgusting as a musician. Like he's so good. I can't play this shit. And then if it's the piece that I, I'm thinking of, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's fucking difficult. It's hard. Yeah. You're watching him do it. Yeah. And then the commitment to the character and all that stuff. Uh-huh. I, it's like I'm sitting there with total respect and enjoying every dimension of his performance, yeah. including how comical it was. Because a lot yeah, of it is surprise. With, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot, a lot of it is surprise. A lot of it is like, I did not. I remember we went to a percussion like show, and I did not expect to see that. And I was glad to see it in so many ways. Uh, yeah. I love shit like well, that. Well, I'll tell you, you know, when I um, when I was living in Queens at Queens College, uh, another funny performance, which I have a recording of, which is one of my favorite recordings that I, I did, you know, playing recitals. I did, you know, The King of Denmark by Morton Feldman, the I percussion don't. solo? No, I don't. It's, uh, it's a percussion solo. It's about five minutes. And you play with your hands, like hand drums, but you can play any instruments you want. It's like open instrumentation. and you. But usually you play like small things that you could play, cymbals, drums, sure. whatever, little found objects, whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of Morton Feldman's music is very quiet. And, and this is the same thing. It's very quiet. And so you're playing like... 
you're playing like a lot of that stuff. Sure. Uh, but it's really Can you fucking play, play that just a little oh. louder. Yeah, so it's like you know, just kind of like. You know stuff like so, that. like very textured, very specific. Very textures. textured, but it's, it's really cool. It's like uh, it's almost like a painting or something. It's okay. like there's all different textures, and like he writes in the music. It's like uh, there's improvisation, but he writes like what texture should go here and what should go here, and it's you know it's like we're talking about like calligraphy. It's just space and colors, and it's it's really beautiful, and it's really hard yeah, <laughs> to okay. play because you have to play it quiet and you have to do all this kind of really crazy technical stuff. And uh, I think I went too far <laughs> with it. Because I played it so fucking quiet. At one point, uh, one of the notes, I had a duct tape. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I had a duct tape that I was like ripping. <laughs> like, just, yeah, and this is like a concert hall, you know. <laughs> so I really got, I think I went too far. I think I should have played it at a dynamic that was relevant yeah. to the size of the recital hall. Yeah. You know, because at Queens College, there was like a. It's it's fairly large, but you have mics. They have mics. They, up there, well, right? Yeah, but they didn't mic me. They I just had like the you? percussion set up. Not there. even the overhead ones. No, nah, it was nothing. Really? Maybe they had something overhead. I don't think there was though. Nah, huh? But I was playing really fucking quiet because like I had spent like, <laughs> like four months <laughs> trying to play as quiet as I could and as fast as I could, which is the which is great. But the reason I love this recording is because the first three minutes is like some uh, woman in the audience going. Is this piece going to start? <laughs> Harold. <laughs> when is this piece going to start? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you know, there's like five people in the audience. Oh, Harold, God. is this guy going to play oh, anything? Dude. And like, meanwhile, I was like halfway through the piece. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and like I have the recording. You oh can't even, and the funny thing is you can't even hear the music on the, on the recording. Oh, my God. But uh, so I don't know if that was my worst performance or my best, best performance because <laughs> I fucking nailed it, man. But nobody heard it. <laughs> Take my word for it. I fucking I nailed I it. I fucking nailed it. That's, I really dude, did nail it, dude. That's. And she was there like with her husband, you know, like Harold. Could could we? <laughs> could we real fast just for listeners' sake? Yeah. Could we <laughs> reference something and play an example of something in that like new classical? realm oh boy conceptualize something and it could be it could be like drumming it could be the, the yeah. pattern to drumming and how that works or it could be clapping music something where it's like okay there's a concept and this yeah. is what it sounds like do you want to can we reproduce something like that just for a second i mean we could do like a a kind of a cage thing i guess cool what something i don't know uh or you see, drumming is hard to do because uh, it it probably wouldn't sound right unless you if we're both That's playing right. the same drum. Same drum, yeah. Because you need the same uh, tuning. That's right. To hear that that phase. And you need like four happening. drums, right? You need, yeah, you need it for for bongo four people, yeah. Uh, but you know it's an interesting point like you said it's like you know it's 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 kind of like painting it's like you know if you're looking at like impressionism or if you're looking at abstract or jackson pollock or then you know if if you're expecting it to be sure a leonardo da vinci exact photographic representation of of something then it's like then you're going to be disappointed but yeah. that's not what it's supposed to not be it's supposed to be and so it's like you know it, it's it's like the audience perception like we were saying it's like you know the, the, the i guess they have to realize it on its own terms sure whatever it is sure yeah it's like uh 
Yeah, like it's not it, the, the their enjoyment isn't what's what matters. It's the literally the expression, the uh, composer's expression. It's like even you could even argue it's like I just wanted to hear what this sounds like, and I and I wrote it down. I gave the music out, and I heard it, and I don't care who enjoyed it. I I I got to hear what was in my head, and that is totally respectable. It challenges the the instrumentalists who are playing it, so it's like still serving something. Is it serving the audience? Maybe only the audience that cares and is in that world. And that is good enough, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I don't think you need to be uh, an expert of Monet's impressionist <laughs> water lily period. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to to find it beautiful. Exactly. You know, or you might not even. I see. That's the other kind of thing. You might not even need to know what what it is on a technical level yep. but i do think i do think uh you you um i do think you should know enough sure that you could accept whatever it is on its own terms sure. it's like if like you should know enough about cage yeah. or whatever jackson pollock or whatever it is you should know enough that um you know you're not going to a, <laughs> a cage concert <laughs> expecting uh you know Two verses and a, and a chorus. <laughs> <laughs> and a little solo in there. Um, yeah, you know. Well, can we explain a little bit of Cage? Like, can we talk about 433 maybe? Yeah, I'm like, very interested in, in Cage because I, really, uh, I really loved his indeterminate music. Okay. Uh, in college and, and, and all that. And yeah. then um, uh, I'm, I'm not quite so into it for my own enjoyment these days. Makes sense. But from a physical or philosophical yes. point of view, there's definitely a lot there. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to it, but but as as just an, an experience of art on a certain level, uh, like like four, let's just talk about 433. Because yeah. every time I explain this to people who are outside of that world, they almost get pissed off when I explain to them what this is. Yeah. They almost reject it. And here's what it is. Here's, I really want to hear your thoughts. I actually, I actually I love like, this topic. I fucking love it. And I'll tell you, like... I have a few it, questions it, for I, you. I took... I think it took Mike, Mike Lipsy, our, t- our teacher, to, to really give the perspective of it, of what to listen for. And that was helpful. Um, but basically, here's what happens. So you, you're sitting in a... Imagine sitting in a, in a recital hall and a, uh, a person in uh, recital attire <laughs> walks to a piano with a score a mu- music score, paper, puts the score on the music stand, uh, sits down at the piano, puts the f- their fingers up to the piano, and then this sound right here for a long time. Like how many minutes? Four minutes by? and... Four minutes and 33, 33 seconds. seconds. Like nothing. Yeah. And you'll see every every like maybe thir- maybe forty five seconds minute, they will turn a page, and then well, put their hands. Well, there's three movements in it, I think. Is there? <laughs> and like this, the whole point of this piece is, and it's so hard to argue against it, because this is what was genius about Cage. Like as an artist, as an artist, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, which is turning a mirror on society, blah, 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 whatever. And he's challenging the audience too, which is a lot of people like within the first 
20 seconds like that woman has it started already like yeah you start hearing shuffling <clears throat> a lot of that <clears throat> yep. coughing sneezing um a lot of murmuring like people you know a lot of like uh scratching of heads there, there's so much that goes on and that those sounds of people reacting that's the piece yeah that's the music <clears throat> in any form <clears throat> so if somebody literally goes what the fuck is going on? Like, if somebody says that, that's part of the piece. And that's part yeah. of that performance for that one. Yeah. And the next performance, it could just be a lot of just murmuring. Like, what's going on here? Like, is this going to start? You know, it, it could be a lot of, like, coughing. It could be a lot of sneezing, whatever. That's part of the piece. That's the music. And it's, it's, it's like, listen, it's the same as, and I actually remember an interview with Cage where... They asked him, like, what, what do you, what do you consider, what's music that you listen to? And he was living, he had this, like, New York City apartment with the windows wide open in the summer. Yeah. And he's like, this. And it was just a lot of, mm -hmm. like, traffic, honk, honk, honk. Yeah. You know, like, a and, he's, and he's like, this is music. Well, that's, I have a question for you, but I, I want to say uh, a performance I saw of 433 somewhere in New York uh, at a loft somewhere or something like that. And they were doing... I think they were doing 433 or they were doing another piece that has a lot of silence and maybe like some sounds every now and then, but like lots of silence, like for 20 minutes, yeah. like a really a piece like that or whatever it was. And there was this guy who had like a whole desk set up. He had like a pain. He was like painting the performer. He was just in the audience and like no one told him to do it or he didn't do it. And then, you know, he needed a better chair. Because <clears throat> his chair was like fucked up, so he he went across the audience and pulled another chair, and he was making a lot of noise. And at some point, the um, the person that was doing the concert came over and was like, kind of like, listen, you got to keep it down, man. Like we're doing the show right now. And I always <laughs> wondered because, like, I thought like if Cage was there, like he probably would have loved that this guy, you know, right? Like it would have been part of the energy of the piece. But the way you know you, what I mean, the way you just like telling him to stop that, I think is against the whole point of the piece. But hold on. The way I could be just, wrong. The way you just described that to me, I thought you were going to say, like, that was the piece. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like that's part of what's happening. Any, yeah. That's just as much as what's happening as the fire engine that passes the window that you can't control. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So you can't stop that from happening, and that's part of the yeah. piece, too. So. Like, it's like this. I, li I love the idea of all sounds are beautiful, man. Like, every that. You probably you guys probably heard that. Like, yeah. I live on a street. Like, I'm not going to get the perfect recording. There will be some asshole in a, in a motorcycle that passes by. Well, and, it's you know an I mean? asshole. You know, <laughs> sorry. I, 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 uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm not the only one on this block that there's a couple people that have, uh, like, okay. those Harley motorcycles. Okay. And they're just so loud. And But I'm the drummer on the block. Yeah, and if yeah. I'm pissed off by that, then, <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, but, yeah, the, the that... That that because there's like two isn't there like multiple eras of Cage? There's like early Cage stuff, like the constructions apparently are more early Cage. Yeah, see, I want to ask you uh, a, a question just as sure. a drummer and like you know you played Cage and all this stuff. Sure, uh, just to hear your opinion of it because I I love the early music, uh, the pianos, it. prepared piano. Yeah, normal piano solos. The percussion music is like the some of the best Hello. stuff best ever percussion quartets trios whatever all that stuff so in the 1930s all that stuff imaginary landscape and like the radio stuff i mean it's so unbelievable 
And uh, but the thing about the indeterminate stuff, like the chance stuff that you're talking about, sure. I guess from like the fifties or so onward, or sure. something like this, where it's like you're just accepting the things that are happening. The the question I started thinking after a while, which would be co- cool to hear your opinion, is like I thought to myself that like <clears throat> uh, two things. You know, if if the idea is complete freedom and acceptance of everything. Is he really achieving a complete freedom if he's trying to control the aspect of the freedom? You know what I mean? Like, if he's not accepting anything but this complete freedom, isn't that isn't he being trapped by his own decision by doing everything by chance? You know what I mean? It dep- I guess it depends, right? Like, It's almost he's... like he's trapping himself by, by saying that, oh, everything has to be completely chance-related. But that's not how things work in the world. There's certain patterns that start to develop, and there's certain things. You know, if if you exclude all the patterns and just focus on well, the chance, hmm. isn't that uh, oh, oh. isn't that a way of not being free? Maybe <clears throat> chance is the vehicle to the freedom. So, like, chance is, is like <clears throat> the he's setting up he is setting up an environment for chance, so he can hear the randomness, like. He he sounded like just a fascinated guy. Like he's fascinated. Like I heard the story about he went into this one <clears throat> chamber where they like the, the the amount of there was no resonance. It was completely dry, dead room because he was always searching for that absolute silence. Yeah. Right. And when he went in there, and within the first minute, he was startled and frustrated at first, but also then it was like. Apparently, it was like an awakening of, of an experience where there is no such thing as complete silence because what he heard in a room where there should have been complete silence mm-hmm. was the humming of his own organs and yeah, yeah. heart and, <clears throat> and body, you know. Yep. And it was the loudest fucking thing <laughs> was that humming. And I think, I hope that everybody's experienced that when you're maybe trying to get to sleep at night and yeah. it is kind of quiet and you hear the humming. You definitely hear it after going to a concert. Mm-hmm. You know, you, hear, you like you get home to a quiet room and you're just buzzing. Your head is just, you hear, the, hear this ringing. And so I think because of that, I think it sounds like he wanted to set up these scenarios where he just let go control and the randomness uh, would present itself from his own perspective of yeah. music, which was anything that happens in any order. But it's, see, it's kind of it's funny to me because that seems like somebody who's very control oriented. Because really? if you're, if you're, in other words, let's use the motorcycle as sure. an example. You're sitting here and you've decided that you are going to do a complete chant. You know what I mean? Like that sounds like very egotistical. Like I'm going to decide that I'm going to sit here and that any sound that happens is now chance. But the motorcycle happening is chance to you. To me. Because you didn't understand that that motorcycle was going to happen. Sure. But to that guy, he's following a pattern. He's making a right on Seymour Street. <laughs> he's making a left on center. He's following a complete pattern. Like to him, what he's doing is completely sure. pattern oriented. Trying to get to Electric Avenue. He's trying to get to Electric Avenue. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm not like... That's an interesting. I'm not. You, and the other, the you know, the other thing that's interesting to me, like I'm not saying I'm right or who's wrong. It's just like a thought that I think about. And be, and the other thing that I was thinking about kind of recently is like talking about like Buddhism and, and mm-hmm. different philosophies that he was influenced by. Sure. Zen and all this kind of stuff. Sure. 
different philosophies from the East that uh, obviously had a huge impact on his outlook mm-hmm. of what he was doing. And you start to think, well, like if you look at the art and the architecture of Eastern uh, countries, India or China and Japan, you find that it's extremely disciplined and extremely uh, pattern-oriented and mm-hmm. these intricate mandalas and all the, the numbers and all these kinds of like things that are happening. And Indi- I mean, fucking Indian music, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and so it seems to me that the cultures that invented that philosophy, the music that they produce sounds nothing like... Yeah. <laughs> Cage's yeah. music, like Cage's. So music, is he misunderstanding? Like Cage's music, literally, is is would be similar to Jackson Pollock throwing paint randomly on a canvas. Like that's kind of what it yeah. could sound like it's for anybody still trying to conceptualize listening to this. What we're talking about. Um, I understand what you're talking about. It's and just a question. I'm not saying no, I find I, the answer to it, but it's just a, a question that I wonder. Let me ask you this, though. Would you think differently? Would you even be questioning it if he approached it differently? Like, he's approaching it like he's a composer. His name is on it. This is my music, right? Yeah. And you're right. That is egotistical. When he could be more like... There was a guy I had on months ago, Luke Daller, his name is. And he's a songwriter. And we were just talking about... We were just talking about songwriting. and and, And we were just talking about, like, what drove him in his songwriting currently... And his thing was, I don't want my, I don't want like listeners to hear my music and look at me. Like, hey guys, look at me and listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. He was like, no, I want you to listen to what I'm saying, but look there, look past me, look at this angle, look at this perspective of life, whatever it might be. It's not about me. I want you all to look that way because I look that way. My life is better. That's kind of what his thing was, right? That's really beautiful. So if John Cage was kind of like, if he didn't take the credit, right, and he had more of the approach of like, hey, everybody, look that way, as opposed to like, you're writing music, you're putting on a performance, you're inviting a crowd to go yeah. to that performance. So in I see from your perspective, which that could, yeah, you're totally like a control freak <clears throat> in a way, because... You're well, Morton Feldman said it said it best. I think he has an essay where he said the big problem with John Cage is he made a choice. <laughs> <laughs> he chose to have complete freedom, yeah. and and the, this is the guy that said that he wants yeah. complete chance. Yeah, but he was rigorous about a choice. And I imagine, <laughs> and I imagine he had to fight. You know, like he had to. Well, that's the cool thing about Cage. Bit. He was so sincere about it that you have to love it. I think he had to. Know. He had to fight for that type of art i imagine like there was meaning he or he had to even experience like a lot of criticism i imagine i imagine that there were there were probably like places that no you're not performing that here i imagine right like yeah i bet i mean so but i do i do like his earlier work specifically the construction oh dude those are are the greatest one of the things i love and mike explained this to me mike was so great about explaining why the notes were written certain in a certain oh, way yeah, or whatever. definitely. Um, he was saying, because I've only played third construction, and that piece changed my life. I'm a way better musician from oh, having yeah. performed that piece. It's a quartet, multi-percussionist instruments. You have Each person has five tin cans or, or whatever, metallic sounds, mm-hmm. different pitched. Uh, and each player has at least like two, whatever, 
there was a, a thing of the, each part had its own character and whatever, but and then the way that it would pass like emphasis on who's driving the melody or the pat right the, yep. it would be traded around each part and the rhythms are so complex it's, i mean it's, it's fantastic chamber I mean, music but it still grooves grooves and like it a, has a primal energy and it's it's all there so he apparently like during the apparently from what mike i remember telling us there was like the world's fair you know and he would go to the world's fair and see you know music being performed that were from other countries basically like, yeah it could be west african <clears throat> you know whatever it could have been hey it could have been south indian who knows right and he listened to the rhythms and he realized that well, well they're not stru- they're not structured their music their rhythms aren't structured like ours is like exact numbers in four and blah 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 divided into this and obviously the sounds of the drums and and the instruments they were playing and uh so he wrote he was trying to like Im- i guess imitate those sounds right but then there were things that he did like for anybody listening who knows what a lion's roar is and oh, whoever yeah. doesn't it's you take a floor tom this is a floor tom and no joke you like cut well you cut a hole in it yeah you put a rope yep yep and then you take like a wet rag mm-hmm. and you you literally pull the rope and it creates this vibration yep and it's like uh it literally sounds like a lion's roar the whole purpose of that was he wanted like he had all these these little techniques because he basically wanted this sound, maybe, which is like a long sustained roll, maybe on the floor tom even, right? Whatever it might be. Um, but he couldn't, well, first, he couldn't get percussionists to want to play this shit. The classical percussionists, apparently. This is what Mike's telling me. Well, I, I I think that must be true because I think it was so revolutionary that um, even if they wanted to play it, maybe maybe they didn't uh, quite understand it or, or have the technique. You, you I mean, this guy's talking about cut coffee your teeth. cans and yeah. break drums and like shit. You had to cut your teeth on this piece. Any, yeah. Any, it doesn't and, matter. And it's, yeah, and it's hard to play. <laughs> any The best percussionist would have to yeah. cut their teeth, right? And so he, because they couldn't get the percussionist to play this shit, as he's writing, he's like, I want to hear this sound kind of like you, like... I want to hear this sound. I need this sound. How the fuck am I going to do it? So he and the other, I guess, composer friends that he had or whatever, who were not percussionists, they played these pieces. They did not have the technical facility as percussionists to perform these roles on on the instrument. So that's where like the creation of this like this this idea for this lion's work came about. Yeah. And, Whatever uh, there, there was a thing of. Um, I know it's it's in ionization because I played the lion's roar part in ionization. Yeah, and uh, I mean in third construction when Cage puts that lion's roar, I mean those moments are like terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> it's like yeah. some pre primeval, you know, energy or beast is like in there. Even that bass drum. Um, what would you call that? The fr- when you take you you basically create friction. Yeah. On the on a big I love bass that drum. Sound, yeah. And the way that I've seen it done is you take like a rubber ball. Yep. You pierce it with a little stick and you just rub the bass drum, this big concert bass drum, and it creates almost like this whale call. 
Yeah, right? it does, man. It sounds otherworldly. It sounds like in the cave or under the water yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous though. There were there were like things of like shake taking a shaker. Let's see if I have. Oh, here, this fucking thing. I think I used this back for then. third construction. Yeah, like oh. there, you needed a sound that was. Yeah, that would be good. That was yeah. just so. Again, they didn't have the they didn't have the facility to do this shit, so I had to create ways to get these sounds. I personally think it worked out better. It probably did. I mean, because I'm sure they, by being forced to to do those things. I mean, even like the prepared piano, like being forced to. Can you explain that? Uh, well, the the prepared piano is where you open the lid of the piano, and uh, in the strings, you put. Uh, whatever objects you want uh screws and bolts work really well and i think he used uh, erasers on the strings on the yeah you put the the bolts like in between the strings okay so that when the hammer hits the string it'll shake the string but also vibrate against the bolt and it makes this kind of clunking noise but uh you know depending on where you put them you know, you can get different overtones and different sounds and different things. And he sure. he worked out like specifically like what measurements, like where you would place really each uh, bolt and where you would place, you know, what key and what note and where down the string you would do it. All those kinds of things. Golf tees you can put in there, pencils, whatever. Sure. Uh, erasers sound really cool for like low tones. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, coming up with all these kinds of things. That's that's why I love electronic instruments. I, I, I really love it. Um, I love the, the amount of... Um, like synths, you mean? Just any, yeah, anything uh, synths and whatever kind of sound design and different capabilities that are out there. But uh, I just I just love acoustic instruments so much. I yeah. love the exploration yeah, <laughs> of, uh, of working these acoustic things out, and it never gets old. Yeah. To me, like speaking of what we said to start like about just being a percussionist, I guess it's yeah. just like part of just like just exploring. There's so much going on. Yep. And so I love electronic music, but I mean the world of acoustic instruments and, you know, like Cage, you know, just taking uh, taking the brake drums from a car and oh, yeah. hitting them with sticks and all that. And just all these things they were forced to do Yeah. that probably I'm sure they once they did one thing, they probably had seven more ideas about what they can do yeah. about other things and it kind of opened up everything absolutely i think uh i've said it on this show which is if you're a percussionist you might have found yourself in like a junkyard looking for something to make a, a specific sound because the composer of the piece gave you a vague fucking like what they wanted metallic high-pitched you know whatever sound or whatever it might have been and now you're searching like what, what? You're in a you're in a junkyard with oh, a mallet, or you know you're in mean? like a Home Depot, and a guy's uh, like, yeah. "What kitchen right. thing are you trying to fix?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm trying to play uh, Cage's second construction <laughs> uh, f- rehearsal B. Do you have uh, <laughs> where's your tubing?" And they're looking at you like you're yeah. fucking crazy. Like, I, yeah. I love going to the the hardware store oh, and getting man. like wood blocks and different Dude. things, cutting them. Didn't you? A couple years ago, you came over my old place to record oh yeah and what what was the instrument you were playing those were just wood blocks that i i got at home depot like two by fours two by fours and you put them on foam yep and uh you know you cut them to different lengths and you know tell you the truth i didn't spend like an incredible amount of time like figuring out the mathematics of it sure but i i cut a whole bunch of them until i can get um i actually made uh, a note that was a little above d 
okay. on purpose. I, and then uh, from there, I made a couple other notes. But they sound great because they're like wood blocks, but they have this like tribal feel to them because they're they not... sounded amazing. They sound great. You know, if you have a really good microphone and you put them on some foam oh, or yeah. something, and uh, if you mic it correctly, put a little reverb on there, you yeah. get the right mallets, they could sound really cool. Yeah, man. Like, uh, and obviously how you play it. And you, out of all yeah. people, you can get... Like, you can capture really good character when you're playing, you know, when you're making these sounds. And then, real fast, let's just reference, and we should probably end with a little jam. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Can you talk just a little bit about, because you've done a lot of Harry Parch performing. Yeah. Right? And that's a whole other fucking... That's a whole other universe. But Harry, Harry Parch, how would you describe it? Like, microtonal... Yeah, Harry Parch, uh, you know, most people call it the microtonal world, I guess, um, because he uh, he was alive from 1901 to 76, I want to say. Okay. You could correct me on that, but uh, those are the, the time periods, I think, that he was alive. And, you know, for, for lots of reasons that we probably can't talk about, there's lots of philosophical reasons why he came to this conclusion but he, he basically just decided that he wanted to have more notes okay than the piano was capable of playing sure. so you have a piano and it can play uh 12 notes mm -hmm. and every other note on the piano is just a repetition of those 12 notes mm -hmm. just so higher have, or lower pitch yeah just higher or lower and uh and basically to keep it simple he just decided that he wanted more notes and uh, if you start doing some research, you find out that, yeah, you could have as many notes as you want. There's no law yeah. on how many notes you need. The piano uses uh, 12 notes, but he came up with a system that uses 43 notes <laughs> in every octave. Yeah. And uh, because notes are just frequencies, and you could potentially have as many frequencies as you want. And so he made a system and built his own instruments. Uh, a lot of them are percussion instruments, marimba, xylophone looking instruments but also a lot of string instruments like harp looking instruments mm. and things like that and keyboards like reed organs and he kind of made them look like pieces of art too right yeah and they're really beautiful that's the other thing if you google harry parch and you look at his instruments there a lot of them are really really beautiful like he has a marimba that's in the shape of a diamond and it's just gorgeous it's made out of bamboo resonators and like you know, there's like lots of hanging gongs and marimba and, you know, and it, 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 it's a beautiful choreography to play them, mm -hmm. too, cause, because they're uh, slightly unusual shapes that mm -hmm. people might not be used to or whatever, whatever it is. They kind of force you to play in, in a sort of very physical way. So it's also yeah. beautiful to watch people yeah. play those instruments. And they sound really interesting if you haven't heard Dude, that so... kind of music because of the extra notes, you know. I like it. I like that you have to... This is, I mean, I was blessed to go to Montclair State and get that experience because I got to, I never did Harry Parch, I kind of regret it, but I got to witness the performances. I got to learn about it. Yeah. Like Dean Drummond, yeah. like, you know, took class with him. Mm -hmm. He really went into detail about it. And you just learn how to open up your mind to what could be considered music, art, performance, whatever. And then what that does is allows it, first of all, I feel like at a young age, maybe you're different, but for me, I was Im I was imprinted with this what music I like, and then that becomes a trap because it, everything is a There's genre. There's all sorts of traps, yeah. You're label, just constantly getting right? into traps. But uh, what that allowed me to do, or what, what learning all this shit allowed me to do, it freed me from those 
you know, shackles and bounds and whatever. And now I can listen to anything with an open mind and find something that I like about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? And uh and ultimately have like a really well rounded, rich um experience with music. Like I can enjoy any I can find an enjoyment in in I'd rather go see a Harry Parch performance than go see Beyonce. Well, that's amazing to hear. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. And I, and I, that has nothing to do with the performance the, of quality of performance that Beyonce puts on. It's a spectacle too. Apparently, I've my cousin loves her and yeah, it's, I've it's seen a videos. Show. I mean, it must be crazy. I'm you sure know, it's fun. That's cool. I just yeah. know what I'm gonna get when I see her, and I also know I'm gonna spend a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but a Harry Parch performance i don't know what i'm gonna get at all i'm gonna and i know i'm gonna learn a lot i'm gonna be stimulated in a certain way you know and i just prefer that I, that has nothing to do beyonce's amazing and her performance yeah, is she's fucking unbelievable. amazing but i you know i'd rather see a cage performance too well you know, I, you know um I, I would encourage people to check out harry parch if you never heard of him uh because when you first learn about him he seems like he's this complete avant-garde, crazy madman on the fringes of the world doing his own thing. And he, he I'm sure he was mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, he has that kind of great individual f power that he had. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure there was no one else like him. Probably not. But at the same time, the more you look into it, the great thing about it is he wasn't just making these instruments to be crazy. There, there was a, a, a deep, rooted tradition that he was drawing on he was drawing on the ancient greeks and their tuning systems and he's drawing on japanese no theater and he's drawing on kabuki and he's drawing on native wow. american chants and 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 uh you know he's he's t once you kind of hear a lot of his music you start to see some of these influences and uh to me m the beautiful thing about parch is that uh it seems like it seemed weird at first, but then the more you listen to it, you're like, shit, man, this guy's just like part of this like greater tradition yeah. that uh, is kind of like a world culture thing. And it's great that it's happening now with the digital age because yeah. now it's like obviously there's the globalization and you could click YouTube and hear, you know, if you want to hear a cavity tooth Indonesian <laughs> rite of passage sacrifice ritual, you can <laughs> you can find it. And you could listen to it, and it's there, and and you could watch yeah. forty minutes of it. Sure. You could spend seven hours watching those, you know, <laughs> West Africa, whatever it is. And you can yeah. you can make these connections. Uh, and the other cool thing about uh, the the instruments is because we have so many great electronic instruments, is that now people can easily reproduce a lot of his microtonal scales and and ideas sure. without building a huge ancient greek harp that's right that you have to carry around now if you want to build an ancient greek cathara that's cool you too do it. but uh you know with uh with the technology we have i i, I wish more younger people would yeah. have been uh exposed to that because you could just go into like logic pro and probably just mess around with some of the frequencies and absolutely like explore different Ableton. intonations and i wish uh someone had told me about it earlier i found out about it at montclair state like you said yeah through dean yeah but uh i mean i'm great i found out about it at all obviously yeah. i was like 19 sure uh, but you know it would be it, it would be cool to learn it a little younger because like you said when you're younger you're kind of maybe learning that oh this is the only way that music yeah. can be 
Yep. And you hear someone like Harry Parch and say, oh, shit, like it could be like uh, another way. It could be more notes. And, or, you know, you could check out other styles of music. There's Indian music and there's yeah. Gamelon and there's all kinds of different things. It, it makes room for you to enjoy other types of music, period. Yeah. It just makes a lot of room for you to find value outside of Western music. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. You want to jam a little well, bit? Well, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, man, it's been incredibly amazing yeah. to talk about these things. And um, I'm extremely happy to, to have this conversation because it's, it's, it's my favorite thing to just talk about stuff like this fuck yeah man and, you know i could sit all night and and just and, and go off and just hear people's opinions and um you know i'm not trying to say i have the answer to anything no but, but i like just posing questions and just kind of talking and, and seeing where it goes so it's, it's been really beautiful talking about Dude, this stuff i appreciate you coming on because yeah. like uh you know you got to be able to think really out and just to explore a topic and like out of all people you're the you're the guy, man. It's just a blues. It's just a twelve bar blues. It's just that's a twelve right. bar shuffle. That's right. That's when a, it comes down to it. That's one of my favorite <laughs> sayings, dude. <laughs> it's just a fucking blues. That's right, because you would go, you'd be doing a piece, and it'd be a fucking rhythm in nine. You know what I mean? And and you'd, you know, you'd play it, and we'd go, damn, that sounded good. You're like, yeah, man, it's just a twelve bar blues. Is is a blues and B flat. That's all it is. <laughs> all right, listeners, thanks, thank you, Joe Fee. I want you all to check out Joe Fee on YouTube, and you can follow him on Instagram, too. He's got some content. Uh, you could definitely see any um, pieces that he's going to release. And when when it comes time, too, if you live in the New York area, I imagine you can go see one of his performances. Um, it's yeah, what, if, it's, you, uh, uh, if, if, I, if anyone uh, is curious uh, about the music or what I'm doing, uh, J-O-E. F-E-E is my name, but my website has a hyphen in between, so it's okay. joe-fee.com, and you cool. can see, uh, you know, you just see what's happening, uh, videos, whatever, music videos, all that stuff. Somebody could uh, possibly um, have, like, you write, comp- maybe compose something if you're if they have an idea you like or whatever, maybe. Yeah, I mean, listen, if anyone is interested in, in what I'm doing... Uh, and send me a message you could send an email through that uh that website you know whatever i mean just even just to say hi i love meeting new people new yeah. artists whatever it is yeah you know making connections with anybody talking about the iliad talk yeah but uh yeah just make sure that you're ready for a five-hour conversation <laughs> about book 23 <laughs> <laughs> all right let's rock down and take it to electric avenue uh, or then we take it higher. Yeah. No, that's right. We got to Electric Avenue. Now it's time to take. There's it nobody higher. on Electric Avenue. There's nobody on. Because they've all taken it higher. If they've gotten that far, they've, <laughs> they've realized <laughs> that you got to take it higher. <laughs> Shit. What? Why don't you? Why don't we switch? Let's switch places. All right. Oh boy.
figure out. I don't quite know what to do with this guy, but I like it. Yeah. I have to give it. Give it. Give it a nice whack. Gotta yeah. It sounds like to, a... I gotta get used to it. There you go. Yeah, man. Nice jamming. I was trying to do Good something shit. there at the end. But yeah. Thank you so much, listeners. Go hit up Joe Fee on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Anthony. It's, it's been really amazing.